You are listening to the brand new, invigorated, and hopefully technically proficient Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series number four, episode number eight, and it's uh, the last day of August, August 31st, 2023. JJ Sefton, once again, uh, with my good friend, co-blogger, co-host, uh, CBD. CBD, good morning. I know you, we, have a, we have a number of things to talk about, which are of the blood-boiling variety, so let's uh, jump right on into it. What do you got? Oh, I got a lot. Although the first thing is, I'm not so sure how technologically advanced we are. Uh, I'm a knuckle-draggy, booger-eating retard when it comes to uh, much of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I cut my teeth on um, the uh, the IBM uh, systems in the uh, in the early '90s, so uh, technology has passed me by. Anyway, um, yes, I, I do have um, one. Uh, one thing in particular that has uh, irritated me, um, I wrote about it uh, today on Ace of Spades, um, and that is the, um, you know, the, the conservative movement in the United States has a has a pet Democrat, and that is RFK Jr. Um, and he's, he, you know, he said some nice things uh, that we appreciate uh, his his apparent support for free speech. Um, his uh, his anger at the what I call the corruption of the COVID vaccine um, and a few other things. Um, he is also uh, very, very critical of uh, the government corporate um, cabal that is running the United States nowadays. Um, and that's things. and that's nice. You know, everybody everybody loves it. And he's um, and he's making a mess of the uh, of the Democratic uh, Party. And that's good. You know, any, anything that causes them angst. Uh, makes me smile. Um, however, he he did something very interesting, and that is he rejected uh, you know 500 years of economic um, research and uh, the actually immutable laws of of economics. He wants to give Americans three percent mortgages um, because he says that corporations are making the housing crisis worse. Now. <laughs> As I pointed out on Ace of Spades this morning, the 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 idea that the government should get involved in in uh, mortgages in in the real estate market is a terrible one. And if we go back 15 years, uh, some of us can remember that far back. Uh, we had some significant problems in this country simply because of the. I'm 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 trying to to be polite about this. The uh, the stupidity no. of of the Democrat Party in collusion with the Republican Party in their um, ridiculous laws, uh, loosening mortgage lending practices. Uh, and, J and RFK Jr. wants to do the same thing on steroids using direct government money. It's, it's, it's a horrible, horrible idea. It's going to inject a huge amount of money into the uh, into the economy, which is going to cause inflation to increase. Uh, it's going to distort a an adequate market in in housing. Uh, we'll get housing inflation, and we'll, and we'll get a crash, uh, and it'll be 15 years ago all over again. And it just it and it and it really illuminates the the inconvenient truth about RFK Jr. He's a lunatic. Yeah, he, he is a totally a lunatic. And as you said before, CBD, uh, and I've and, and we've coined the phrase that he is the turd in the punch bowl of the Democrat Party, at least insofar as 
you know, the, the, the primary process, if there is going to be a primary process and they just don't, as they did the last two elections, rig it uh, for, for Joe Biden and then previously for Hillary Clinton. But that said, he is to be polite to RFK Jr. He is a doctrinaire liberal, if not really a dyed in the wool leftist. He's had some very hinky and shady uh, connections with Louis Farrakhan, um, some connections, of all things, ironically, with the Cuban government, considering uh, the Cuban government's antipathy toward his late uncle. Um, and he's just and he's a wacko, a wacko green environmental uh, environmentalist who really wants to uh, is on board with the, you know, the uh, the deindustrialization of America in order to save the planet, quote unquote, from uh, from a problem that really just does not exist. But that said, yes, 15 years ago, we had the Fannie Mae, we had the housing crisis, which was because leftists uh, concluded that uh, it was unfair that that certain people could not afford mortgages, and so what were we to do was to give them uh, the mortgages or, the, or to force banks to lend them the money that they could never pay back. And so a vicious cycle was created. Uh, the government or, or rather the banks, and I'm not I'm not a special pleader for banks at all, but uh, especially today with the with the ESG and, and diversity crap. But back then they weren't going to just take it in the neck. They created these things called mortgage backed securities, which basically ensured them from the inevitable collapse of this thing, which was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. And then, of course, everybody pointed fingers at greedy banks, greedy capital capitalism and the 1% and, and so on and so forth. But for the government to be involved in anything at this point, we know is an absolute and titanic disaster. And because of all the COVID lockdowns, we now see what happens to the, not so much the housing market, but the commercial real estate market in New York. It's totally dying. You have tens of thousands of square feet of uh, office space, office space, which are empty because now all of a sudden uh, people realize, well, wait a minute, we don't have to go back to these, uh, you know, square footage that used to cost, uh, you know, something like on the order of $500, $600, $700 a square foot when we can just, uh, you know, work in mini malls in, in the suburbs and people can go there and do their work or just work at home. And so now he's going to just really totally screw up the the, uh, the real estate market, at least on the, uh, you know, on the, uh, the home side as opposed to the commercial side. And it's just madness. The, the government should not be involved in any of this. The government should be, I mean, if ever there was a case for laissez-faire economics, I mean, this is this is definitely it. We, the government should not be involved in things that you know, all it can do is take money away and destroy growth and destroy wealth and impose its will on people for whatever ends they, they decide uh, are justified. So, yes, RFK Jr. is totally wrong about this, and it's 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 lunacy. Either I've lost you or I've 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 dumbfounded you with my with my brilliance. I don't know which. Uh, what you did was you uh, stopped talking sooner than I expected you to, and I didn't uh, turn my mic on. <laughs> as, as I as I just said, I am not technologically aware. Anyway, what you said was exactly correct. Um, they they like to impose their will upon us, um, and you know the the community reinvest the community reinvestment act is what started this whole thing. And that was in the mid seventies. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Is he dead yet? Anyway. He's uh, not, not dead yet. He's been it's like Hyman Roth. He's been dying of the same freaking heart condition for the last 20 years now. He's, he'll be around forever. God yeah. So what, what happened was that the federal government forced the banks to, to lend money to people that, who couldn't re repay them. Um, and in return, uh, allowed the banks to play uh, fast and loose with those loans. And it, and it came to bite us in the ass in the in the mid 2000s um what they did was they took the shitty loans and they bundled them with good loans and then they sold those as as uh debt uh, things 
Yeah, uh, mortgage-backed. I think a mortgage-backed yeah, mortgage securities, but they but mm-hmm. they played lots of sleazy games because they had to. Um, you know, as you said, the government shouldn't be in the in the business in the business of anything other than than you know defending the country, maintaining our roads, and uh, about three other things that I can't really think of right now. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. so RFK yeah, thing- RFK Jr.'s <laughs> function for the conservative movement in the United States is, as you said, to be the turd in the punch bowl. That's that's his highest and best calling. And uh, if he does that, that's great. But the idea that this man uh, is in, in the in the halls of power really scares me because uh, right. he's a he's a fucking lunatic, um, right. you know, throwing throwing energy CEOs into jail because they because they don't believe in in uh, global warming. I mean, that that's just nuts. Right. But he and seems it, to think that's reasonable. Which is ironic because uh, I've had a link, I think, in, in the morning report, if not the yesterday, then perhaps the day before. Uh, RFK and his supporters are all up in arms because YouTube uh, is uh, censoring him over his COVID vaccine stuff. So, you know something, my friend, what goes around comes around. When I say my friend, I mean him in the ironics in the uh, sarcastic sense. He's bitching and moaning about, you know, being being his voice being shut down. And then all of a sudden here he is being a champion for shutting down any voices of opposition to his lunacy. So it's like, uh, you know, what is it, my friend? Is it free speech or is it not free speech? It's, you know, the hypocrisy hypocrisy is radiant. But look, this is their stock and trade. They are they are all hypocrites to one degree or another. And the really crazy thing I remember seeing on on one of our so-called websites, which usually is a pretty good one. Uh, I forgot which one. I'm, I don't want to name names and, and blast anybody uh, prematurely. But somebody was claiming this wonderful unity ticket of Donald Trump and RFK Jr. And I'm going, you got to be effing kidding me. Oh, my God. That is just you know, a recipe for absolute disaster, if it even had a snowball's chance in hell to begin with. But that's a whole other story. Well, I don't know. You know, my, my, my dream ticket for the Democrats is uh, Feinstein Fetterman. So, you know, I, I, who, who am I to criticize uh, people who, who want uh, Trump RFK? So. Well, I mean, if you want a unity ticket, we got to put McConnell in there because, uh, you know, brain freeze and brain fart 24, you know, make America make America demented again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I watched that video of, of Mitch McConnell um, having a mini stroke. God uh, almighty. Like maybe a TIA. Who the hell knows? Um, but uh, I mean, it was shocking. Um, the idea that that man is being trotted out to uh, to speak to the press, to speak to the media by his handlers is disgusting. Um, I, I think he's a sleazy little fuck. But, uh, you know, aside from that, he should, you know, he should be in a home. Uh, he shouldn't be uh, talking to the media. Um, and I, I love that little, uh, that, that smarmy little, oops, no, I won't say that word, that one of his handlers who came out and, and admonished the media um, they, they should speak up because, you know, Mitch is hard of hearing. That's why he froze like a fucking deer in the headlights for 30 seconds, looking like a retard or looking like a senile old man, which is what he is. He's fast becoming. It's um, exactly that. But I this mean, is the, the geronto- only- you know, this is the gerontocracy yeah. of, of America. And, and until we until we put a stake in its heart, uh, we're going to keep getting these kinds of people who because they they were elected in their in their 50s feel entitled to to rule the country into their mid eighties and late eighties. Um, you know, uh, you look at, look at Feinstein. She is about as brain dead as you can get. She's worse than, uh, than Biden and McConnell. And yet they trot her out every, every couple of days to vote. I'm, I'm sure she has no idea what the hell is going on, but you know, as I said, it's a gerontocracy. And until the 
the American people decide that that's not appropriate, we're going to keep getting more of the same. Right. The one area where I would slightly disagree with you is that if someone is a decent human being and has a mental capacity somewhere between, you know, above that of a sponge and a cup of yogurt and could at least communicate and understands what's going on, uh, I generally speaking wouldn't necessarily have a problem have a problem with him or her serving. Uh, that said, this is just the only reason they're doing this is aside from their own greed and being, you know, wanting to just line their pockets until literally they, you, you put them in the ground uh, and preserve their sinecures either for their family or for whatever. They want to preserve, protect and defend the system as it is. Uh, Biden is in there, of course, and staying in there until a replacement that's sufficient for Obama or whomever or, or the Clintons or some combination of both to continue that grift from that end. Uh, the only reason McConnell is in there is to make sure that a, an appropriate successor is in there to keep the GOP as a dummy opposition party. I believe probably the one person being groomed right now may be this guy, John Thune. Uh, I'm not sure who else is up in there. The rest of the, the rest of the, those clowns are approaching uh, McConnell's age as well. Um, and, and many of them are just totally distasteful. The only person that's always sort of in his shadow is this asshole from Missouri, Roy Blunt, but, all, but he's also a, you know, a, a blunt object as well when it comes to intelligence. But they're there just to protect the grift for, their, for themselves and also for the, for the junta uh, and, and the false opposition of the, uh, of the, Demo- of the, uh, of the Republican Party. So you think that that Thune is going to be uh, the heir apparent? I think he is. I think I mean, he's he's in his he's always around hovering around McConnell. And uh, he seems to be the one that's going to be, I think, maybe the heir apparent. I don't see anybody else that's I mean, yeah, there are a lot of the usual, the, the, the typical schmucks like, you know, Murkowski and Collins and and whatnot, but they're up there in age as well. I don't think they're, they're, they're quite in their eighties, but I think Murkowski and Collins are in their seventies. So, I mean, you know what, one more term and they'll, they'll, they'll hit 80. So there it is. So then we've got to, you know, do this dog and pony show all over again when one of them has a brain fart and the assistant has to yell at the press for, uh, you know, for not asking, uh, you know, for speaking up. Thune, I think is pretty young, but he's, I think he's also a grifter unless I'm, I'm very much mistaken. I think he, he votes with the, he, he runs with the McConnell pack to, um, to, to subvert the will of the, uh, you know, of, of us. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, that's an unpleasant thought. Thank you very much for that. Well, um, you're welcome. But I would say that we have wonderful people to the best extent that they are wonderful. Uh, people like Josh Hawley, who I think is quite good. Uh, Rand Paul, with his proclivities and foibles notwithstanding, is also quite is a good guy, generally speaking. Uh, are there any real superstars that are in the, you know, for lack of a better word, the, the MAGA mold? Uh, at least in the Senate level, I, I'm not sure. Uh, what's his name? Tom Cotton, when he started out, was pretty good, but he too has had flashes of, um, you know, of sort of wavering and, and flip flopping on things. Yeah. Joni Ernst is a complete waste of time, and uh, I'm not sure who else is a senator. You know, Rick. Well, Rick Scott is, uh, you know, whatever they're they're supposedly whoever it is is people are gunning for Rick Scott in Florida because he too is a flip flopper. So. No real, so unfortunately, no real superstars in the Senate, with the exception, I think, of you know, of Josh Hawley, who is yeah, terrific. I like Hawley. Um, I also yeah. like John Kennedy from Louisiana. Um, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a good guy. He's, I, I don't think yeah. that he is. He's a you know a power hungry sleazeball. Um, so I don't think that no. he's ever going to um, aspire to the true grifting position of uh, Senate uh, Majority Leader or Minority Leader at this point. 
Um, yeah, they won't let them. But yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the the conceit that the United States Senate is the greatest deliberative body in uh, in the world is is just a joke. It's a sick joke, on, and it's being perpetrated on the American people right now because there are a bunch of idiots in the United States Senate, um, and I think it, it rivals the House of Representatives. Um, you know, the House is it, it's obviously the people's house, and so you're going to get a bunch of knuckleheads. Um, in there along with the with the relatively good people but uh I'm, I'm right now i'm looking at a list of of the 100 senators who voted um on the the trump trump's second impeachment trial and that's when the reason i brought it up is that i wasn't 100 percent sure where thune had voted but uh luckily he voted not guilty um but right. it's not a very impressive uh list um boy i, I don't know yeah, it, it really isn't it's a, it really is it is a a, a just a just a den of, it's a whorehouse absolutely with very few exceptions and that goes obviously the congress i mean the, the house is for sure a, a whorehouse with yeah. uh, real real mental defectives and criminals that are there and yeah even on our side it's just you know you have you have some very good people on our side with the freedom caucus generally speaking they're 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 all well and comparatives, I guess, they're certainly a lot better than what we have in the Senate. And the Democrat Party obviously has lost their Marxists and criminals and, and, and grifters for sure. But, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I mean, we, we really do need a Senate that's not that at least on our side, if we can take it back, that is not going to do this business as usual bipartisan crap that just keeps the keeps the illusion going of opposition. I mean, I think that I think those days are over, but, you know, we're in a battle. No, I see. It, yeah, I disagree yeah. The the bipartisan um the, the the idea of bipartisanship is not over um and it's a it, it's a, a a lazy um way to get people to pay attention and oh you know he's bipartisan so I'll vote for him it's obviously a grift that's that's exactly what bipartisanship has become um but right. it is I, know, it, I, mean, it is, I mean that yeah I meant that just in the sense that I mean from our perspective this notion of bipartisanship oh, is okay I, yeah, I stand over, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. anybody who talks about bipartisanship does not get my vote that, that's Absolutely. pure and simple. Um, it's it's an evil that that needs to be uh, that, that, that needs to be ended. Anyway, so let's let's move on to something um, a little bit more pleasant, and that is um, Clarence Thomas. Uh, the yes. last few months, maybe several months, um, the media have been uh, attacking him in ways that I do not recall ever being used against a Supreme Court justice. Now, obviously, they despise him. the The Democrat media despises. Clarence Thomas because he is a black conservative and he simply has no right to think for himself uh, in the eyes of the Democrat Party and their um, and their media, their compliant media. Uh, Clarence Thomas, um, in my opinion, is a great justice of the Supreme Court. Um, One of the greatest, I think, in the last yes, hundred years. Yes, he know. has he he is an independent thinker. Um, he is not a huge fan of hearing his own voice and so rarely speaks um, 
uh, in the uh, in the court. But uh, his writing, I think, is clear. It's concise, and he appreciates the United States Constitution. Anyway, um, so there there have been attacks on him. You know. Uh, criticizing him because he flew on private jets. And of course, he responded by saying that uh, it was for safety concerns um, after the uh, Roe v. Wade uh, decision was leaked. Um, and that's fine. I don't really care. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. I don't I don't think that he's crooked. Uh, I don't think that he is swayed by these kinds of things. Um, but uh, a few days ago, his there was a long list of his clerks, um, boy, I, I'm looking at it right now, maybe a hundred of them, I don't know. Um, and they wrote a letter defending him. And it is a wonderful, wonderful letter. And, and I suggest to everyone um, that they find this on the internet. I'm looking at a doctroid document, um, but I'm sure it's all over the internet. Um, and they talk about his upbringing and and he had a terrible, terrible upbringing. Not, not terrible, but he had a very difficult upbringing. Um, he was desperately poor. Um, he he lived in 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 the segregated South, and he overcame those things and is what he is today. And that is um, and a, a a true scholar of the Constitution and an independent thinker on a court that has become so doctrinaire that it's a little scary. Um, yeah, Cla I'm going to read, gonna read yeah. one one paragraph from it. It's a short paragraph. Um, As his law clerks, clerks, we offer this response. Different paths led us to our year with Justice Thomas, and we have followed different paths since. But along the way, we all saw with our own eyes the same thing. His integrity is unimpeachable, and his independence is unshakable. Deeply rooted seven days ago, seven decades ago as that young child who walked through the door of his grandparents' house for life forever changed. Um, that, I think, says it all. And uh, we, we as, as Americans, should consider ourselves lucky that, that Clarence Thomas is on our court. Oh, God, you know, yeah. I mean, God bless him. You know, God bless him and his wife, Ginny. They are just, they are true patriots. They are yeah. wonderful. Folks, can wonderful you tell, uh, Sefton and I like Clarence Thomas. So. <laughs> we love this man really do uh justice thomas if you're around if you feel you want to get on our show and totally ruin your career then uh, <laughs> we'd love we'd love to be part of you part of it but no no in all seriousness there was i think in the last couple of years i forgot who maybe it was either daily caller or daily wire or somebody produced a wonderful wonderful documentary about uh justice thomas's life and it really is a uh it is an American story, uh, bar none. A, a couple of things just to note that Clarence Thomas, as you alluded to, CBD, as a black man, as a conservative who thinks for himself, is is probably arguably next to Donald Trump, I would say, and, and even more so in many ways, literal kryptonite to every leftist in this country that has ever existed, because his story and his upbringing and his you know, and, and where he came from and, and his sort of, um, you know, evolution on so many things, uh, literally, if enough black people really were to open their eyes and to shake off the, you know, the, the bullshit victimhood uh, uh, Kool-Aid would see this, they would never they would never vote Democrat ever again. Because the interesting thing about Clarence Thomas is he's a victim of racism and he overcame it, didn't didn't let it bring him down. He actually in his youth was a, was a member of the Black Panthers. 
and was a hardcore leftist until he saw the the destructive um, and horrible lies of uh, the memes of the, the victimhood nonsense and everything else. And that is how he sort of gradually became a constitutional conservative. And for me and for you, perhaps for you and for many people, his what happened to him during his uh, you know near high tech lynching at the hands of people like Joe Biden and Teddy Kennedy, may he be burning in hell. Uh, really, oh, he was, is. Uh, Don't worry. He is. That was a political awakening for me in many ways from from that moment until 9-11 for me. That's what really crystallized uh, and made me the kind of uh, politically aware person that I am today. And uh, it's an incredible story. And so now they're trying to destroy him and to impeach him from the court so that they can finally take him. And I think Sam Alito, they're trying to get rid of it, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, once they control the Supreme Court, that's really the shooting match right there. So there's, there's nothing that really stands in their way of imposing their will on us, if there is anything right now. Well, I, I think that Clarence Thomas and Thomas Sowell are the two greatest um Americans of uh, of African heritage, let's put it that way. Oh yeah, um, and they are vilified by the by the media, um, and and ignored by Black America, and that's a sad thing because uh, you know there they there are too few heroes who really really appreciate what America is, and yep. those two men are are in a very very small. Um, well, yeah, I guess it's a fraternity. There aren't very many women either. No. So, anyway, know, I'll, I'll stop jabbering about this. That's a, you know, just just as a, as a point, just to Saki circle back to uh, our discussion of the Senate. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments for me is someone like Tim Scott, and um, you know, he's obviously he is a uh, supposedly a candidate for president for the reason running for the nomination. I he's he's probably never going to he's not going to get anything. But he had a, an op ed the other day. And it was just so, you know, clueless in a way. And he's pray in a way. I agree with what he said insofar as praising America in race relations on how far we've come. But it was so freaking absolutely tone deaf as to the, especially since the coming of Obama, how all of that has been erased and more because of the policies and the and the and the propaganda coming from the Democrats and the American left. And he sort of skirted the issue and he and he avoided it. And here's someone who really could use the be on the bully pulpit to talk about all the things and all of the issues that he probably went through and Clarence Thomas went through for sure and Thomas Sowell. And yet he's sort of a kind of a milk toast in 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 pussyfooting around what the problem is. Yeah, America came a long way, but you, you sort of ignore where you know where we are today and and how we got to that so low as, as to how we how far we've descended and what the cause of that is. So that's that's a real disappointment. And he too is kind of devolved into into a, a a bit of a rhino stooge so uh, yeah, I, I mean i think you're being polite saying that he devolved i think that's what what he has been his entire career um, yeah, and milk yeah. toast is a perfect term to describe him there's there's uh, no power behind him um i i hear him talk and uh, you know i don't know uh, i mean it's it's amazing if he would if he would sort of embrace and really just really just turn it on and 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 you know let people have it with a flamethrower of, of what where the racism is and, and and how instead of you and i talking about it i mean who the hell are we to talk about two white liberal yids from the northeast here's a guy who freaking experiences and he should be in the front line you know going do it doing it con gusto but but he's not and it's too bad i mean someone like a candace owens does it or you know i'm trying to think of who on our side 
who is black, who has really been a force to really stick it to, to the Democrats. And I'm trying to, you know, trying to think about the, the only person who's really done it in its own offhanded way was this guy we talked about in the last episode wearing the, the niggas for Trump shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if we have to rely on people like that, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a grassroots thing. If it, if it goes further than just, uh, you know, seeing Trump uh, in a mugshot, but that's something, something else entirely. Uh, John McWhorter is, uh, is pretty impressive. Okay. That's true. Uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, Scott, there's a, a, a Yiddish, uh, pejorative uh a nebbish and uh, he is a nebbish, yeah yeah he is a nebbish and I, I remember um asking my father uh what what that meant when i was a kid and he said a nebbish is somebody you forget to introduce at a cocktail party party <laughs> which i think is it's, <laughs> sorry tim scott but that's you anyway you, so we're, you, we're we're gonna take a we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back um in just a, about 30 seconds don't touch that dial or else you're at bus good yet look at there it. you go We're back for a very brief segment uh, just to, to wrap things up. But, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of the heat, there is a lot of heat and light finally being shed on uh, the criminality of the Biden crime family. The most agreed that really the press can't really ignore, although they're trying to spin it as really a nothing burger as best they can. Uh, the big revelation is this David Weiss character, who is supposedly an independent counsel, actually has ties, I think, directly to Hunter Biden or to Joe Biden as well. So it's like, this thing is a total farce. Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, if they're using this as a pretext to get rid of him, okay, they're using it as a pretext for him to drop out of the race or whatever. We all know what's going to happen to Hunter Biden. If anything happens to him, he'll get a slap on the wrist. He'll he'll maybe get a a suspended sentence at Club Fed and and that'll be the end of it. So this is just, it's ridiculous, but it it, it is infuriating that people, a lot of people are seeing this and they are believing that Joe Biden definitely is a corrupt bastard for sure. So for whatever well, it's worth. absolutely. And, you know, you talk about um, David Weiss, who uh, was given uh, special counsel status um, for the Hunter Biden uh, cover up. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, probe. And, uh, you know, the, the tradition and I think actually the the rules state that the special counsel needs to come out from outside of the Justice Department. Um, and so, you know, Merrick Garland, who, by the way, speaking of the most corrupt attorney general general in our history, uh, wow, that says of, something. <laughs> Considering yeah, that does say something. Um, you know, he chose this guy, and it's 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 so blatantly political. It's pathetic. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's an obvious cover up. Nothing is going to happen to Hunter Biden. If something happens to Hunter Biden, I'll I'll eat my hat. Uh, you know, nothing. This is. It's so offensive. And I think that they have they've overplayed their hand just a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that something substantive is going to happen. But I think that it's, you know, it, it's it's going to it won't be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, certainly. But it's just a little bit more showing the American people that, you know, it Washington is not doing very well nowadays. No, um, nope. 
yeah, there was a uh, there was either there was a poll. It was a, I think it was either I and uh, you know was it the issues and insights uh, IBD tip poll or one of the one of the pretty decent polls that stated two things. One, they believe Joe Biden is just uh, totally too old and too decrepit to, to even run for office. That's one thing. And the other thing that they do believe that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are definitely I think it was like something like 60 percent that believe that they are guilty of something. Uh, that that is being covered up. Uh, that that not only includes, you know, obviously some a few Democrats here and there, but a lot of Republicans for sure. But a lot of the so-called independent voters, and if they see this and nothing happens, yeah, nothing is really in the short term perhaps going <clears> to <throat> going to going to change things in Washington D.C. or whatever. But over the course of of perhaps months or years, this kind of just naked corruption where where people are let off the hook that's got to have a corrosive effect and hopefully a salutary effect uh, on the body politic going forward uh deck maybe years down the road hopefully if not decades but hopefully sooner than that uh, i don't know i'm you know i i'm i'm so disappointed in in the in the conduct of pretty much everybody in washington I, I, I simply don't know. I, I simply don't know where it's going to go now. Yeah, I'm with you. I just you know, my feeling about the elections and just about the candidates and everything else that's supposedly, quote unquote, the illusion of regular order. Um, we are we are at a we're at a, a real inflection point in our society in general uh, with everything going around it, with the criminality, the the uh, the perversion, the, the going after our children, the, the rewriting of history, the erasure of our borders and on and on and on and on. This can't go on forever. Something has to give and it's got to go one way or the other. My fear is that it goes one way and we become a totalitarian banana republic and that's the end of us. Or, you know, God forbid, even worse, there is some sort of civil cleaving of the two halves or two parts of this country or more into into Yugoslavia, into one level or another of violence or nonviolence. But either way, something's got to give. This cannot go on any, uh, much longer. I, 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 I think that, unfortunately, the United States has a has a veneer of civilization that is uh, rapidly yeah. cracking. And um, and President Obama was the beginning of it. Uh, our our move toward a post-racial society was going gangbusters until Obama decided that, that was the best way to remain in power. Um, and he's done a, he has done a fine, fine job of stoking the racial animus in this country. Um, and yeah. of course, Biden is even worse. Um, but, you know, we, Kevin McCarthy, for instance, uh, he talked about a willingness to uh, to begin impeachment um, proceedings. Well, you know something? That's nice. That was that that that's a soundbite. Nothing more than that. Until they impeach Joe Biden for obvious criminality, our country is being shown conclusively that we have a two-tiered legal system. And as I said, until that changes, it's you know, we are on the road to banana republic uh, status. You have been listening to the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast. For CBD, it's JJ Sefton. Thanks for listening and thank you for your support. We will see you again on the next one real soon.